Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. My name is Mark Rennick, and this is Victory Over Sin. First part of the show, we attempt to share with you what Victory Over Sin is, who pays for it, and heck, what we're trying to do with the show. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do is to share with you what it's like to come out of incarceration and to live in our community on parole. Uh, We do that in several different ways. One of them is this radio show that, surprisingly, we've been doing now for five years. Uh, If you go back to the archives of KBXL and look up Victory Over Sin, you're going to see a litany of different uh, people who have been on this radio show, directors of the Department of Corrections, senators, some national figures. Heck, we even got the governor of Connecticut who's been on the show before. Uh, It is a real good body of work to look at those of us who have been in incarceration and the people who serve them. We've had people come directly out of prison and come right to the studio. We've actually had one person just go into the studio right before he was going back into incarceration. So again, it's a good body of work if you're attempting to understand uh, Idaho and its Department of Corrections. We're proud of it. In addition to that, we also do a PowerPoint uh, presentation, if you will, to your group, to your church, to your uh, business, whatever you would like, where you have people gathered, will come out and present a 20-minute presentation on incarceration. The great thing about this is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves. So what they do is share the presentation, and then they're there to answer questions. We don't do as much of that due to this COVID thing, but we're looking forward to at some point in time doing that again. So we're excited about that. If you have been listening to me over the years, you know that We've had some major growth in terms of the operation that we have. Uh, We're now in two different locations uh, to greet people as they come out of incarceration. The main one is in Boise. It's on Overland Road at 3217 Overland Road, and that office is open 9 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. We try to be the first stop for people coming out of incarceration. We also have another office in Canyon County now that's located inside Probation and Parole at 3110 Cleveland Boulevard, Building D. And that operation is open and available 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Canyon County. The rest of the services that we do in terms of employment, addiction services, are now moved over to the Fairview office uh, at 5256 Fairview. And uh, that's where also the administration of St. Vincent de Paul is. Uh, a couple of interesting things of note that are coming down the pike is we're now doing a what we call a Saturday Roundup program where you can go to that office on Fairview between 1 and 2.30 in the afternoon. There's free pizza and a roundtable discussion around issues pertaining to people coming out of incarceration. 
So if you have a burning desire for something that's not being met someplace, that would be a place to go. Just drop in and have some pizza, meet some people. There's always a planned agenda for that meeting, but you're certainly welcome to come in and share what your concerns are, and there'll be resources there to do it. It is led by Heather Harper, who on our staff is becoming more of an administrator, CPA-type person for reentry, and a gentleman by the name of Mike Perry, who's one of our recovery coaches. So check that out if you have some time also. I'm also real excited about an addition that we're going to have on today's show. We're going to talk to a gentleman who's just joined our staff, and he's heading up the office in Canyon County, and we'll be right back to talk to him in just a second. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000, Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL 941 The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. Okay, this is cool. I get to welcome an old friend. Uh, Marty Sonderman is in the office or uh, in the studio with us this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, this, it. This is actually sort of fun. Uh, Marty is uh, actually with St. Vincent Paul now. He's heading up our Canyon County operation and talking to people as they come out of incarceration housed over there with uh, the probation and parole guys, right? Yeah. And I'm excited. Yeah. This I think is, we can do a lot out there. Oh, yeah. This is uh, every once in a while we'll talk about this probably as the show goes forward, but uh, we had an opening, and suddenly you and I were talking on the phone, and it was like you were the perfect fit. So, Well, it's one of those God things. I it think. is absolutely one of those God <laughs> things that you and I talk about. Give me a little bit of background about Marty, if we can, please, where you were born, all that kind of stuff. Well, I was I was born about five hours away from here, uh, Elko, Nevada. And uh, so, um, you know, but I've been in the Valley for, wow, do I even dare say for over 30 years? Hey, I'm older than you. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I, I joke about it. You know, I uh, I looked in the mirror the other day and I, th- I thought to myself, Dad, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, as you get a little older. But, um, yeah, so I've been in the Valley for over 30 years. I, of course, I did uh, I did do a missions trip in the middle of that. But my family, we've raised all our kids here. They were born here. And my wife's from Idaho. And, yeah, but been here in the Valley. Love it here. And, uh, yeah. We great. met. You and I met when you were with Three Oaks. Yeah. And you were with Three Oaks for a good a decade, right? Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. Uh, explain what you did with uh, Three Oaks. So the main role was uh, as a uh, chaplain, and then it was a religious coordinator, and then a volunteer and religious coordinator. <laughs> the, the duties changed a little bit, but then I was also overseeing uh, some of the other, um, for lack of a better term, because I, I know people understand what a chaplain is. We use that term generically, but we're called volunteer and religious coordinators. And so we coordinated the the different religious services and the volunteers who would come in uh, throughout the state through most of the prisons, male and female. And so I over, I oversaw some of that and uh, many of the staff in different parts of the state, which was kind of neat because I got to meet a lot of different wardens, deputy wardens, a lot of administrative staff from different prisons. I got to build those relationships and and got to see the different prisons throughout the state and uh, and helped to foster a, a real atmosphere for the religious 
practices. And I know things. the Department of Corrections um, has a tendency to change administrators in terms of wardens, deputy wardens all the time, it seems like. I think it's almost a planned kind of sequence that, oh, you've done your years, <laughs> you're going to move on to someplace else. Yeah, it uh, may be, yeah. Um, t- explain, though, the the handicaps, I guess, of being a volunteer religious coordinator. You really are kind of hampered in that you really do need to represent the full spectrum of spirituality, correct? Right, and we, you know, and above all, we have to follow policy. I mean, that's, policy's, policy is what dictates what we do, and so um, following policy, yes, we have to we have to afford that courtesy to every religion, and we, we can't play favorites, and we have to take care of people as they need certain items, certain volunteers. We have to recruit volunteers of all kinds in the community. But again, that for me was kind of a fascinating and uh, wonderful thing. I built relationships with uh, very, uh, how, we sh- how shall we say, a very eclectic group of individuals. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been kind of amazing to build those friendships over the years. Yep. And it does seem like, too, you've kept a, a nucleus of people uh, doing the job at different locations. So uh, it's not a job that everyone's cut out for, I guess you would say, right? No, it's, it's it has its own challenges, and it does require a special kind of person. It takes a special kind of person to be able to go into any kind of prison anyway, and then also to, it seemed like you've always picked strong Christians, though, to come in and then still represent the breadth of spirituality. That's a that's a real hard task to find, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, ultimately the the... It's a contracted position with the state, and uh, Three Oaks is a Christian organization, and we make you know no bones about that as far as uh, uh, that goes. And so, every one of the individuals who were hired had that Christian foundation, um, but they also were able to um, walk that out in in a way that, again, we have to be fair to everybody. You don't compromise in your faith. You don't. You're never asked to compromise in your faith, but you still have to be fair to everybody, and you just. You know, shine the light of Christ in the facilities by the actions that you do, um, mm. because it is limited. Mm. And then you were also, most recently, though, you're with uh, Calvary Chapel Napa, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. one of the assistant pastors out there. Okay. So, And that's good. And you're working yeah. on a new project, too? Yeah, I've been praying about a, a new church plant. That's and good. so we're looking at that and just praying about it, and we'll see what God does. Yeah, it's perfect uh, in terms of as we connected that the role that you're going to play with us is a part-time role, so it just works out perfectly. You've got yeah. the background, and you've got um, – comment on whether you think it's a particular type of person then that needs to deal with those of us who have been incarcerated coming right out. There's a We're a different breed almost, and so there, it takes um, – somebody with unique skills to kind of connect and to make that connection with people. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's even bigger than that in the sense that we also need to be dealing with the, uh, you know, probation, parole officers, the administration, all of that, and understand that climate and understand uh, the language. But then bigger than that, one of the things I enjoyed immensely working in the prisons for almost 12 years was um, helping those guys when they get out so they can stay out, so they can make good choices so they can get the resources they need. And I always tried to help case managers. You know, even in that role, I would help the case managers, help them find housing. Um, And the guys who wanted faith-based housing and faith-based recovery, and I would try to attach them to those groups and get them even reaching out to those groups and finding out schedules and things like that. So those guys, when they got out, they had a path to success. I know know that, um, and I'm very fortunate, I'm blessed to be able to do what I do, but the 
task that we have, if you will, is to make that bridge from case manager to connecting with the person who's getting out to the parole agent who tend to not always get along and see eye to eye and all those things and still be that good Christian and then be supportive of the person that's coming out. There's a, it's like a huge puzzle piece putting everything together. And a lot of times, not all the pieces that we need are there and the pieces don't fit or I've got puzzle pieces from other different puzzles. So it becomes something that becomes frustrating, but on the other hand, it's real rewarding when it starts to work, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, we, we understand there are tremendous challenges for guys who get out, um, especially been down for a while and they don't have any resources. And I think that word bridge that you used is a good one because that's what they need. They just need a bridge to those things um, to remove some of those obstacles so they can focus on, what they really need to be focusing on. Yeah, because it's really hard to, I know that um, you're new to what we're going to do, but you'll hear me keep saying, it's like you really do have to be in a spot where you're listening to what they're saying and you're not just necessarily saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this. You have to hear what they're, yeah. what they're expressing they need and then pretty much for the first time just help with that first need and then kind of build on that relationship so that you can be there when, they come, when they're looking for the real information, they come back to you. Yeah. And I think that's what I think you'll be perfect at over there. So well, I hope so. Yeah, it'll be fun. And he was over there this week. We kind of introduced him to uh, Corey Barrier, who's the uh, district uh, um, chief over there. I don't think that's his title. And But the deputy chief, Oscar, over there. And so he knew those guys, and, and it's going to be a good fit. It's it's odd being in a situation where all those, for me it is, with all those POs walking through that building and uh, was that different for you, or is it uh, just normal for you? Yeah, it, it's a bit normal. You know, I'm <laughs> used to working in the institutions, and, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, relationships with all sorts of different people, you know, the gamut, you know, from from the returning citizens all the way up to, you know, chiefs, deputy chiefs, wardens. I st- and like I said, I think <laughs> I've been out 12 years. I still have. I walk in there, and I think thinking— what are you doing in here, walking in the back here and everybody looking at it? And so it's still a little odd for me. So maybe it's more comfortable for you. That's good that you're there. Um, talk, let's talk about how we're going to build that culture over in Canyon. We put a lot of work in Ada, and I think we're doing, we're making progress. But in some ways, we've let Canyon kind of slide. So how, how can we make that work over there, in, in your opinion? Well, I think uh, consistency, a consistent presence, and um, just continuing to to uh, search for and research and find the resources that can help these men and women who are coming out of incarceration, and then also working with the staff there to to better understand and to give them resources as well. Um, I think that goes a long way, just being there and just being available. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to me now and uh, you're somebody who uh, certainly is from the Canyon County area and you have not felt utilized or underutilized maybe as a resource there, uh, come into the probation and parole office and ask for Marty or I'll, I'll let you know how to reach me at the end of the show. Get in touch with us and we'll connect you back up. But part of Marty's job will be to go out into that community to build up those resources so that we do a better job in Canyon County, if you will. Um, we're excited about doing it. We've had... We've been there about a year, and we've just never found the right personality that can kind of make it fit, and I think you're that kind of guy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. So uh, let's talk about um, your experience in terms of working with those of us offenders and how you made that work as a chaplain and how that's going to kind of work uh, out there in the free world because it really is different. 
you've got more freedom on the outside to help. Talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's one of the things I was most excited about is that, you know, in the role uh, previously, I could help so much, but it, it ended at the gate in a sense, because we have to follow policy and, and maintain um, the proper kind of relationships and things like that. Um, working on this side of it, it's kind of great because I'll be working with, you know, those who are on parole. And so I have the, the ab- ability to speak to them openly, freely, but also to help them more in, in a way that um, they can connect with me directly where they couldn't before. Once they got out, that, that was pretty much terminated. We couldn't really communicate. And then, but now I can communicate with them, make sure they're following up on their resources, but also just being a, a resource for them. So if they need something, like you said, just hearing them, you know, they call me up and, and they say, Hey, I need this, you know, okay, well, well, let me, let me hear more. And there may be additional things that they don't even realize they need that I might be able to direct them to that, to that place. But I think that freedom alone is going to be, um, vital, but also um, I'm excited about that because I feel like I could help maybe even in a deeper way, you know, mm-hmm. in a bigger way. Yeah, so. no, I think in some ways, like I said, we keep talking about it, how perfect you are for this. I think I'm excited about it. Uh, uh, you also have a stronger working knowledge of the the religious community over there, too, that uh, we just haven't had the time to get to and to make those friends, make those uh, connections and those coalitions so that um, we just go to the traditional kinds of places, and those are overwhelmed with stuff. It's usually, mm-hmm. you know, the Boise Rescue Mission, the Salvation Army stuff. And I think there are good communities out there that want to help, and for this sure, will be, this will be a, a great resource for them. Yeah, and I think um, those those uh, people interested, if they have that that Christian background or that faith, and that they want to be involved in something like that, that's the other thing I I would love to do is just help them get plugged into those faith communities in, in that area. Because I, I, I usually say this, and I'll continue to say it. It's, um, there is no better way, I think, if this is of any interest to you. It is a super inexpensive way to live out your Christianity. You can come and just share some time with, connect with Marty, and if he has a particular, let's say, individual that needs help on X, Y, or Z, you can be there and offer that support, and you're able to spend some time that, doesn't cost you any resources, and you can actually have some impact and see, you know, that light sort of go bulb go off and see the change in somebody. That's that's very powerful in terms of what we do. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I've I've talked to several in the faith based community and the Christian community out there that uh, you know they used to volunteer in the prisons, but because everything got shut down, right. now they've kind of refocused some things and they've been just organically helping guys, helping ladies for who have gotten out and. Um, and so now they want to know, how do we continue this and how do we connect? And so I've already made some good connections in that area. And those are the kinds of people I'm actually looking for, too. One of the things I didn't mention in the opening today, but I probably should have, I was remiss, is the fact that if these, if individuals do need a ride from incarceration, and if you're listening to me in the desert now and you don't have someone to pick you up, talk to your case manager, have your case manager get in touch with me, and uh, we will actually pick you up and walk you through that whole process. We've got what we call a 72-hour program in which we pick you up, take you to the different, either one of our different locations, and then take you on to food stamps to uh, check in with PNP and then to your place of living, which traditionally is a transitional living house. But then we also follow up and can do some of this uh, mentor kind of small kind of connections with different volunteers that we've got in the agency, so we have that. And that is also what Marty will be developing over there in the same area. This is a, a full scope kind of approach to stuff. We're 
we're very much interested in you as you're coming out. If your heart wants to change and you want to get away from what you did to put you in incarceration or that got you in this addiction, then uh, we're going to stand behind you and do everything we can to help you. Uh, we're going to talk to everybody that walks in, obviously. But if your heart wants to change, those are the kind of people that you and I are looking for because I don't know about you, but that's where that's where the excitement comes when you see something change like that. Right, and I talk about this often, even when I'm teaching. Um, you know, one of the things that was always powerful to me is that, you know, when people talk about repentance, you know, turning and going the other way, mm-hmm. it's the same principle for these guys if they truly want to change and turn and go the other way. And then, you know, as I studied the Hebrew language, it's fascinating. Every letter has a picture meaning, and you start to put the words together. Well, the word shub is the word for repent. And it means to burn down the house and provide no way back. And you know, that's true change. When yeah. you're ready to change and you say, that old life is dead to me. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. That's true change. And you want to help them stay on that path. It is a, a, it's not an easy task. Um, I was one who had to um, be locked away for seven years before I started to look at those changes. Right. And so, But it can be done. If you're driving around listening to us and you're on parole and you just haven't quite got it, uh, get in touch with us. We'll certainly try to connect you up and put you in around people because it is, it truly is who you hang around with. Would you? Yeah, I agree. The community that you choose is the community that will influence you. And I think that's exactly, you know, with that whole principle of providing no way back, you have to cut off the things that drug, drug you down in the first place. Um, yes, it's your own responsibility. You're, you're accountable. But then you've got all these connections to the old life, to the past, those phone numbers. And guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, that's right, those that's phone right. numbers, those connections, those people, those places, those habits, those, those hobbies even. Sometimes you have to make a clean cut and you have to turn from that old life. People who truly want to change are willing to do that. And then we want to help them stay on that path. Yeah, I think one of the things we're excited about for 2022 is there's going to be a couple new exciting programs coming in under our umbrella. And one of them is actually utilizing those in-house mentors at SICKI and at the yeah. ISCC where uh, you, those guys on the inside will be the people who identify who gets referred to us. And that'll be so powerful because that way we can have those people say, hey, these, this guy really is ready for change. And then we get their name, then we pick them up, then All we right. take them through the whole process. Because what I see now is we'll pick people up and we'll be on our way back. And it's like, can we stop at Jackson's for cigarettes? or blah, blah. And so you can almost see the real world start to kick in immediately. It's like I'm right back to where I was going. And it's just a, it's a difficult choice to make. And it is. you really have to be in, in touch with who you are and what you want to do to change your life around. Right. And, you know, there's only so many seconds in a day. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 90 to number our days, you know, to understand we only have a certain amount of time. And, you know, we've talked about this. We, we'd love to spend time with all of them, with everybody, but you only have so many seconds in a day. And so we want to focus, if we can, on those who truly want to change because we're there for them. And we know that, you know, we only have enough, uh, so many hours in a day. Yeah. So. And you know, it's really, it's odd, but that is one of the hardest things I've had to come to grips with in doing this for a long period of time now is to say, almost to make a quick assessment of somebody based right. upon your experience to say, you're just not quite there yet. I, I don't have that time to allocate to you yet. It's like, well, I catch you this time or maybe I'll catch you the next time you're coming back out. 
because I do have a lot of those frequent flyers who I'll pick them up and it'll be, do you remember when you picked me up here? And yeah, no, but it's coming back to me now. Sometimes it takes some of us going back several times before you figure it out. As long as as you figure it out. So again, you're listening to me in the desert. Uh, You've got some time on your hands. This would be the time to figure it out before you come back out and uh, go forward. Um, Anything else you can say about your first uh, couple days on the job? No, it's been great. I mean, people out there are great, and uh, the, the guys I've I've only spoken to a couple guys so far who who've gotten out, and they've been great. And uh, yeah, I think I'm just excited to see what. Yeah, God this does. is really like I said. Um, I can't say enough about how um, we connected and how you got involved with this, and um, you're going to find that we hang around some really. It's it's some nice people that work with us and do the work that we do, and I'm happy to have you a part of the team. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And like I said, we'll probably be back, but um, uh, we're going to take a break. And thank thank you, Marty, for coming, and uh, we'll be right back. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free when he poured out his cleansing Motivated by his great love Give me faith I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength I need to start again I've got victory over sin Okay, as you can tell, I get lucky every once in a while, and boy, we've really found a good one, I think, in Canyon County. If you need to get in touch with Marty, you can try by getting in touch with me first. If you don't want to go to the probation and parole, you certainly can do that Monday through Friday. But if you need to get out in touch with me, I'm easy to reach. I'm at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at Systemic Change of Idaho. ID, I mean. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call me on the phone if you want to at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.